the spiritual life is not so much about doing something, but allowing something to happen. The spiritual life is not so much about doing something, but allowing something to happen. And the gospel today tries to paint that in a figurative language with this idea of the seed that's growing. And, you know, sometimes a picture says more than a thousand words. But because we've heard it so often, maybe sometimes it doesn't tell us so much anymore. So, for example, you know, we look at the cross and it should tell us a lot, like about the incredible love of God. But it doesn't tell us so much anymore, maybe because we've just seen it so often. You know, we get kind of used to everything. And, you know, we don't think of Seneca's report on Roman executions where he reports that when mothers would see how their sons were crucified, a lot of times they would go insane. And the Phoenicians that had, you know, experimented 300 years with how can you torture somebody in the most brutal way so that he suffers the most before he dies, and the Romans kind of overtook that idea and came up with the idea of the crucifixion. You know, that doesn't strike us anymore so much because we've seen it so often. It's a beautiful work of art, you know, but it and how, but what it should tell us is about the incredible love of God. What kind of a God do we actually have? You know, that's willing to go to such extents for us because apparently he thinks I'm more important than his own life. And so sometimes these pictures, they don't tell us so much. And maybe the same is kind of with the seed. You know, we've heard this gospel a thousand times, right? So one way that helps me to kind of remember what this is all about is forest fires in British Columbia. And, and how we try to contain them, you know, and we, we, we figure out, we make fire lines and we have all these different strategies to contain forest fires to get them under control. And the idea being that if you don't get it under control, it's going to be out of control, right? And so if we think about it, well, our God is a consuming fire, says the letter to the Hebrews. And, and through baptism, we've been placed this seed, to use a metaphor from the gospel, the fire of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and he's just an uncontrollable fire. Like, he's going to start burning. He's going to start doing his thing. And sometimes, you know, we don't put out the fire necessarily, but we try to keep it under control. And we've got our fire lines, you know. We, like, you can, God, you stay within these due limits, but don't try and get out of that limit. You know, I, you can do your thing, but... We want to keep him under control. And when he uses one of his love locks or holes, you know, around my heart and tries to, to, to win my love over to him, and I don't know, I come up to communion, and all of a sudden I have this realization, oh my God, it's Jesus himself. And, and all of a sudden, no, 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 this is just too much. It can't be true. Or like all these thoughts start coming and we kind of, no, no, this is too much. You know, God, we don't, I, I don't know how, I mean, a lot of people here are, married or will be married or have made the experience of falling in love with someone or have made the experience of you're just on the verge of falling in love with someone and you're saying should i allow this to happen or not i'm not really sure you know maybe i should wait another two weeks or get to know this person a little bit better before i lose control and love is that it's about losing control and allowing God to do his thing in us, right? And it's getting rid of those fire lines. And sometimes, you know, we even, we do even do that with our prayer. Like we say, you know, God, we bless you and we praise you and we, but we keep him at a nice distance. Like, 
you know, and, or we talk to him the whole time during our prayer, making sure he doesn't speak too much, you know. So, like, we kind of keep him at a safety distance so he doesn't do, like, that fire doesn't get too strong. And so Jesus, in his gospel today, he tells us, using his metaphor of the seed, the seed's going to grow. Like, there's a potential in that seed to become a huge, giant cedar. And it's going to grow if we don't try to hem it in, if we don't put obstacles in the path of that seed. And so that's the beauty of our spiritual life. Like, it's not about my trying to make all these efforts and all these things. God's going to make us holy. It's his work, right? But sometimes we kind of try to not allow that to happen too much. And so Jesus says there's like three main obstacles. He talks about three main obstacles that keep that plant from sowing or that fire from spreading. And he talks about the path, he talks about the rocky ground, and he talks about the thorns. And he says, and this is really interesting, the first example is, you know, the seed falls on the path and the birds come and they take the seed away. And pe because people don't understand, that's his interpretation. He says, you know, he interprets then to the disciples his own parable. And he says, as for what falls on the path, it's when someone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. And so... How does this happen that one does not understand? Well, there's different ways. And, and the first way what happens is that we don't understand the word of God is because, and this is, this is the interpretation that St. Paul gives, he says, the sensual man cannot understand the ways of the spirit. And, and the problem being, if we're like so much involved in sensual things, it's hard to understand the ways of the Spirit. Like, if you're you know, looking for your identity and your security and your safety and your, your self-worth in, I don't know, for example, how you feel or in material things like, um, or in sensual pleasures, then, then it's hard to understand the ways of the Spirit. And then maybe you feel bad about something or you, your, your feelings are kind of down and so you have to do something to feel good again. You go to the fridge, you start eating compulsively or you go to the internet and you start looking at things compulsively or you have some other form of compulsion, you know, because you're trying to feel good again. And then in that situation, you're so engrossed in this thing. There's this idea from C.S. Lewis, he says, the way to tempt people is, the, the, the formula is, an ever smaller pleasure for an ever greater price. Like, and that's what happens when you get addicted to things, for example, right? If it's internet or your WhatsApp or your Facebook or I don't know what you have over here and if you still use that, even like we don't use Facebook anymore, but like Instagram or whatever it is, you know, you're addicted to it and, and it becomes an ever smaller pleasure and it costs you all the time more. It, it, and if you're so, like you've, you become engrossed in this thing that you've attached to and you can't understand the word of God in that situation. So that's kind of the first way that we don't understand. But there's another way that we don't understand and that is like, this is an example, this is a story. It's not a true story. And I told mom and dad, like, it's not a true story. Like, this is not some kind of reference to my childhood years on the ranch in back in, on the farm back in Alberta. But 
anyway, so this kid, he's coming home from school, and he's been driving on a school bus. And like, this is the school bus stop. And over here, I mean, the distances are greater, but the, over here, there's a barn, and there's, you know, there's things going on with cows and goats and all these things. And over here is his home. And every day, he stops over here at the, at the bus stop, this kid, eight years old, and he's walking past the barn and he's looking forward to come home and start playing, getting his homework done quickly, and then to start playing. And then somebody says, hello, kid, can you help us? Because the bulls broke out or the goats are eating the strawberries or the mother are chasing her around the laundry yard or, or something. Something's happening. And so what should take five minutes usually takes two hours. And so this kid has this great idea. Instead of walking by like this every day past the barn, he starts walking like this around the barn, you know, making a big, big circumference around the barn. And maybe it would take 10 minutes instead of five, but in practice, it was just so much quicker. And it was awesome because when mom and dad then afterwards would say, didn't you see that we needed help today on the barn? And he said, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see anything. And it was great because you didn't even have to lie. It was the truth. You didn't see anything. And the point being that sometimes somebody will say to you, look, you've got a problem as big as a barn, but I don't see it because I don't want to see it, right? Like we can take our, our will, can force our intellect not to look at certain things that would be really important to look at them, but we don't want to look at them. And that's another way that the word of God, we just don't understand it because we don't, like we we got other things to think about, right? And then there's another way that we don't understand sometimes. And this doesn't happen too often, I agree, but it's happened to me a couple times where, you know, I've had a conversation with somebody. I remember I, was li I live in Vienna in Austria, and there's a city to the west. It's about a two-hour drive. It's called Linz. And there was this guy. He's studying astrophysics or something. And we were having conversations about the faith. And, you know, I... I work a lot with unchurched young people, and we have great conversations, and we, you know, we try to, we try to yeah, dialogue about things and about life, and, and it's so beautiful when, there's, when it's authentic and it's real and it's true, and, and you know, everybody's looking, for the, is looking to, to, to move forward in life. And anyway, and I was having this conversation, and I would, as once, I would drive even once in a while over there just to, because he wanted to talk again, and then, but there was a moment after a couple months where I started realizing, thinking, I don't know, this is really strange. And so there was a point when I said, look, I don't do this very often. I don't want to be disrespectful. But are you really looking for the truth? Or is this just intellectual games? Like who can debate better? And, you know, it's, but it's not really about the truth. It's just, I don't know, it's just having fun talking. Because if it's the second, if it's the first, I'm willing to drive five hours to go meet and talk to you. But if it's the second, you know, there's, I'm sorry, there's so many other, there's so many other things I got to do. They're, no, that, I'm not up for that. And, and he said, you know, it's maybe a bit of both. And it was so sad because you realize it's, he's not really searching. He's not, and that's another way that we can kind of keep God at bay and not understand his message because... I know, it's, it, we don't really let it come close to my heart. It's keeping God at a distance by theorizing about him and 
and making these intellectual arguments and games about them, but you notice it's not really about, it's, it's, a, it's a way of keeping him at a distance. No. So that's ways that we don't understand. And then, so that, that's the first thing that Jesus talks about. The second thing is he talks about how this seed falls on rocky ground. This is the one who, who receives the word and immediately receives it with joy, but there's no roots. There's no roots, and so it, it can't grow. You know, so this is somebody who's converted to the faith, or he's made a new experience of Jesus. Maybe he's been living his life as a Catholic, much more kind of like a, as out of custom. And you know, and you, you, you go to church because, well, your parents went to church, but it's, it's not really personal conviction. And then all of a sudden he has some kind of an experience, something happens, and he realizes, wow, this is, this is real. And, and, and then, and then he's so excited, and prayer is, 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 makes fun, and he could you know, be, be in front of adoration an hour, and it seems like five minutes, and then comes a moment where it becomes really dry. Like, and five minutes of prayer seems like an eternity, and every 30 seconds you look at it, you watch this prayer time finally over. You know, and that's such a typical thing in our relationship to God, because he's trying to see, hey, are you loving me, or are you loving my gifts? Do you love the chocolates of God or the God of the chocolates, so to speak? You know, do you love the gifts of God or the God of the gifts? And it's so important to grow in this, in this, in this thing. You no, know, to get roots, to go deeper in our love for God. But it's the same thing in our, in our relationships, right? You fall in love with someone, you say it's awesome, it's great, but it's got to go deeper than that. It's not just what you give me, but it's about what can I give you? What can I bring to this relationship? Not what can I get out of it? And, and so it's, it's, it's a very normal thing in our, in our growth, in our relationship to God, that there's this moment of dryness and where we need to, and those are precisely moments where we can, we can learn to grow roots and go deeper and, and look deeper for the water and not be on this, you know, just be superficial. And so one of the ways that this rocky ground doesn't allow us to grow deeper is because yeah, we're, we're too based on our emotions and, and not on a deeper love. And then, but there's another way, because Jesus also brings it in, in reference, this rocky ground, together with persecution. And it's not that we're, you know, we get thrown into prison every day, but it's this whole idea of human respect, of vanity. You no, know, the vain person looks for his security, not like the sensual person so much in my, emo, my, my, like the things, not like the proudful person last week in, like their capacity of controlling things, but rather in other people. You know, my God, what I adore, is what other people think about me. It's affirmation. It's getting, it's getting this praise from others and that they think positively about me. And that has the effect that, you know, human respect where maybe I don't do certain things because <gasps> what could others think about me? No? And, I, and I don't want to be disrespectful. I understand how difficult it can be, right? You're, I don't know, you're sitting at McDonald's or at Tim Hortons in the morning having breakfast after a Sunday Mass, and should we say grace? I don't know. No. And then you go like this. No. That was my sign of the cross. You know, I don't, you don't, because you don't want somebody else to think, this guy is like super pious and he's this, he's this extremist, religious extremist, because, you know, he always says grace before meals. So it's, you kind of scratch your tummy, like pretending to make the sign of the cross. Because you're afraid, what could other people think about me? Right? And it's, it's a dumb example maybe. But, but there's other areas in our lives where that happens. We're scared 
what could others think? And therefore, the, the fruit can't grow. Or we do good things. This is even more problematical, right? Because it's so um, subtle. Like we do good things, we preach, we sing music, we come to church, we do things, not for God ultimately, but for ourselves because we want other people to praise us. And then when that happens, well, the seed can't grow, right? And then, and then the last thing Jesus mentioned, mentions is the thorns. And this is a really good one, like the thorns. And it's really interesting what he says because he doesn't say, you know, because you've committed all these mortal sins, the seed can't grow. That's also a problem. But that's not what he mentions today. He doesn't talk about, the th about that. He says, the cares of the world, or another translation, the worries. The worries. In other words, what keeps the, the, the seed from growing? It's just life. It's the diapers and the rent that has to be paid and the work that I've got to do, and the kids that are coming for the weekend, and what am I going to do with my stepmother, and like it's all the things of just normal life. My boat has algae on it way too much, and i got to get it off the bottom. You know, it's just life, and we get distracted. And those are all good things, right? But Jesus is saying, like these worries, these concerns, they can get us distracted from what's really important. And what our life should be directed towards, and it's so interesting, the original word for sin, where does it come from? It's an archery term, and it means to miss the mark, to miss the mark. That's what sin is. It's missing the mark. It's, it's going in the wrong direction. It's shooting in the wrong direction. And so what happens, Jesus says, sometimes the word, the seed can grow in us, the fire can expand, because because we're just so distracted with other things. We've got other things that are just so important, and they are important. Like, every day is important, you know? Got to get the food on the table. Got to get those waffles, mom, and, you know, the strawberries off the... And, and make sure there's lots of whipped cream, because the kid is coming for... You know, he's not around this that often, and... I mean, I love the whipped cream and the strawberries, mom, I really do. But sometimes, you know, they can, these things can get us so distracted, and then... Jesus also talks, yes, he also talks about the riches, like our stuff, the car, the boat, the crypto, the stocks, you know, all that. That can also get us really distracted. So anyway, three things that Jesus says today, which is really beautiful, like the spiritual life is not so much about doing something, but allowing something to happen, allowing the seed to grow, allowing the fire to spread. That's going to happen, like the tree is going to grow, like the fire is going to spread, if we allow it to spread. And that's the big message today. And, and maybe just to realize some of those things, some of those areas, maybe one of those areas for this week, just to think a little bit about, if you have some time this week, maybe go back to Matthew chapter 13, 1 to 23, Matthew 13, today's gospel, and just spend some time reflecting on that, you know, and asking the Lord, bringing that whole topic before him and asking asking him that he might help us that that seed might grow also in my life and that I that I'm able to overcome those obstacles that don't allow it to grow amen